The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the new Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating his 55th birthday, is Boz Lorman. Ooh. You want to turn on your mic? Sorry. Boz Lorman turns 55. Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge. Oh, God. That is a throwback. Um, Okay. uh, uh, Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Which I hated. Oh, that's right. He's got that very kind of weirdo... Almost like Gonzo style. Yeah, he did yeah. the get down to. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Not a Muslim. My 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 wife is a huge Moulin Rouge stand though. Okay. Oh that's my fair. gosh, that's she's not super surprising. Into it. Um, anyway, he also sang "Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen." That's also there. Uh, and sitting to my right, the crippling game management to my Deshaun Watson, our West <laughs> African prince. <laughs> Ishmael Johnson. I appreciate that one Just so dialed much. one up specially for oh, you. I love I'm it. in the kitchen cooking him up, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make something special for him. <laughs> make something special for him. Of course, your Titans took oh, down the Texans. It was great watching Deshaun Watson cross the line of scrimmage and waste 16 seconds on the clock. Was they didn't precious. They didn't flag that, did they? No, because no one cared to review it. Because <laughs> oh, they so, threw the ball in the middle of the field. Yeah. Time was up. It was like, ah, hey, because I watched it. that replay and I was like, he ran like a full yard past oh, the great. line of scrimmage. That was great. And then he threw it in the middle of the field. That was great, man. Thirty yards short of the goal yep. line. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> today is Monday, September seventeenth, two thousand eighteen. Sixty-six days until Thanksgiving. Ex- episode six twenty-two. Six twenty-two. The number of strikeouts per nine innings for the nineteen ninety-one Texas Rangers staff. 85-77, third in the AL West. It was a dicey one today, looking for number 622, but we found one. I had to dig deep. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we're doing it live. Um, we're going to have Monday morning fallout. Where we'll overreact to the football weekend. Then, a great interview, and I can tell you it's great because it's already done. <laughs> we did. The, we recorded an interview with Dublin coach Bob Cervetto. The Lions are 3-0 and for the first time since 1999 uh, and have back-to-back wins over... Albany and Dillion. Whew. Now that's a three A over a two over two two A. So grain of salt a little bit, it's but still, <laughs> those are state ranked two A's. Oh yeah. So uh, and 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 things are moving in the right direction there with a quarterback named. We've, I don't know if you heard him correct us, Max. Uh, Kai Hawk. Yes. It's not Cy Hawk. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Not not Hawk. No. It's uh, <laughs> I'm Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. That's the trophy. Uh, Kai. It's Kai, uh, Kai Wing. 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 Kai Wing is their junior Stupid. quarterback. Who's been Still dazzling. Still good, yeah. So, uh, we'll do that. Then we're going to announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Army Value School of the Week winners. And then uh, we are replacing Ishmael yep. with Shehan. Yep. And yeah. we're going to bring in Shehan Jayaraja, our uh, 
College Football Insider to run through his power poll, rank the 12 FPS teams in the Lone Star State. It's a fun show. Thanks for being with us. Um, I went to the Cowboys game last night. Um, oh, you went? Nice. I was at the Cowboys game. Okay. I know you're, like, Max, you, you don't really have any truck for the NFL, right? Nah, just, like, I've watched about six downs of the NFL. If it's, if, it's, if it's on, you're not going to, like, actively get up to turn it off, but, like, it's just not your thing. It's probably not going to be on my radar till maybe the playoffs. Right. I know you're much more of an NFL guy. Right. How many NFL games have you been to? Uh, just one. Just one. When I was uh, fifth grade, Titans, Cowboys at old Cowboys, Texas Stadium. I find the NFL game experience... Like the attendance experience, mm-hmm. to be, it's like they want the passion of college football, but they're trying to artificially do it. Ooh, it's very odd. Okay, and like they put the towels on everyone's seats so that you can wave the towels. Where it's like you don't have to tell like anim fan to be like, <laughs> hey, by the way, be loud. Right, but instead it's like get loud. We gotta have people doing this. The other thing though is that we uh, I've been to a couple of Cowboys games. Um, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I just end up at these games, and but it's the first time I've been to the uh, been there for introductions okay. for like the for when the team runs out. Yeah, boy, let me tell you, if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, the documentary <laughs> Idiocracy, that the NFL intros yeah. are pure idiocracy. They've got like spark, they got like sparklers and fireworks and flags that have sparklers on them and giant flames shooting up out of everyone. <laughs> they got these like half-naked dancers like dancing a, around. It's I'm like, like a, what is it, the rehabilitation scene it in Idiocracy. Is, it is so over-the-top <laughs> idiocracy, but it's also like, I don't know, I imagine that like when, when foreigners think of Americans, yeah. this is what they're thinking of. They're football. thinking like, football and just fire and flames and people running all over. And then we're going to spread out a giant American flag and sing a song. <laughs> and then you, go to like, then you go to college games and like, yeah, sure, some of them are choreographed, but they're so like the, the subtlety is what's they nice about it. They seem so organic. Right. That's like Clemson, the difference. Right? Yes. Clemson coming down the hill, touching Howard's Rock. Yeah. Virginia Tech, all they do is play intro Sandman. Yeah. Uh, you go to Texas, and they have the smoke coming out, and they just, you know, they have the intro video. And Michigan, they, they out. run out, and they, j- they jump, and they touch the sign and stuff yeah, like that. Something like right? that. Right. Things like that seem so organic, and right. in the NFL, it just seems so, like, choreographed and, like... And artificial to drum it up yeah, right? yeah it's very odd anyway that was my experience <laughs> last night we are texas football today we're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com talking football in the lone star state you can follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football college football and recruiting all across the lone star state max oh no get to that air raid siren it's time for monday morning fallout Monday morning fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend in Texas. And per huge, there's a lot to overreact to. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, D up. After having a weekend to sort through the results from Friday night, I think my overall thought is that the teams that played defense were the teams that impressed me the most. Let's start Thursday night. Two games. Galena Park North Shore's 35-3 win over Spring Westfield. Yes, we can talk about Zach Evans and Demetrius Davis, and we will a lot because they're great. But why they won that game was because the defense was lights out. 
Highland Park's win over Lone Star, 10-7, to in a game that we thought was going to be a battle of these two great quarterbacks that are kind of emerging, coming into their own, and Julian Larry for, uh, for uh, Lone Star and Chandler Morris for Highland Park. It ended up being the Highland Park defense that won the game. Both defenses looked great, mm-hmm. and I came away impressed by both of them. But the defense was what ended up leading the way. College Station beats Huntsville 20-7. to That was a Huntsville team that was humming. Newton holds down West Orange Stark, yep. dominates them. The team speed is just really ridiculous. Um, it was only half a game, so we don't know how the other half would have played, but Allen shutting out Coppell in the first half sure. is really impressive. To me, and then, by the way, Mason. maybe the most impressive, exactly, mm-hmm. maybe the most impressive result of the weekend was Mason's win over, uh, over, who went there? Sonora. Sonora, thank you. Yeah. Mason's win over Sonora. 27 nothing. No one comes into the puncher dome. Nobody walks into the puncher dome. They haven't lost there since 2011. <laughs> the, but to hold that Sonora offense, which was looking very good. Right. Brian Van Winkle and company, to hold them in check was really impressive. The other team that I think maybe is flying under people's radar, but really, really impressed me on Friday, was Holiday. Mm. Holiday shut out, I believe, Winthorpe. And Winthorpe was humming. This was a team that was humming, but their defense was fantastic. To me, this was a weekend that was characterized by the defensive efforts. That's what impressed me the most. Thought number two, opportunities. Both opportunities taken advantage of and opportunities missed. Let's start with opportunities missed so we can cheer you up at the end. (laughs) Uh, TCU boy had an opportunity to get into the college football playoff conversation. And... A college football game is 60 minutes, Yep, and I would say that TCU was the better team for 55 of them. Fair. They were better team for 55 of them, and then they gave it away in the other five minutes. I think that was a good example of just Ohio State having that extra bit of talent that was like, oh, we can overcome this, right? Like, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't feel like... It, I feel like TCU gave away the game to Ohio State more than I feel like A&M gave away the game to Clemson. Ooh, okay. That's, That's right. I, I keep coming back to that because – and maybe it's because it was just – it was so quick. Right. And there was just like – it was so clear. It's like, oh, man, like TCU's got this. Like if they keep this going and then brrr, it all fell yeah, right. <laughs> so quickly. Maybe yeah. that's why. Sure. But, you know, first of all, if you're a TCU fan, the glass half full part is you can hang with anybody. Yeah. Literally anybody in the country. Yeah. Ohio State's a top five team. I don't think there's really any doubt about it. That mm-hmm. offense is amazing. Yeah, that was they were humming. They're incredible. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins so good. Yeah. But if you're TCU, you're thinking we can hang with anybody. Sure. But the difference between good teams, even great teams, and elite teams is those that little five minutes. Yeah. And Ohio State made those five minutes count. And you can't help but they missed it. They did like enough to hang around. They missed an opportunity. Yeah. Right. They missed an opportunity. Um, did anybody else miss an opportunity? Am I thinking of anybody? Max, you got anything? Nope. I thought I had one more thing. Sure. Okay. So that's the bummer. Let's <laughs> talk about it. That's the bummer. Here's the upside. North Texas. Mm. We talked about how North Texas had an opportunity to jump on board the... Oh, there's one more missed opportunity I'll think of. Um <laughs> jump on board and, and become the team that everybody's talking about. And gosh dang it, they did it. Yep. And you know what they did that the other team that I just thought of that missed an opportunity, Baylor didn't, uh. is that 
North Texas looked at this game and said, this is our moment. We are pulling out all the stops. Mm -hmm. We are doing whatever it takes. This is the game. That if we win this game, everything else is everything's right in front of us at sure, that point. Sure. And they pulled out all the stops. Everyone's seen the, the fake uh, the fake fair catch, which is so genius. Amazing. So genius and so gutsy. Yes. Because Keegan Brewer he could have could have destroyed. Could, I mean this very literally. Keegan Brewer could have died. Yes. <laughs> like you are giving an SEC defender, an SEC gunner. Yeah. A free shot, right? If There's, he is, if he is heads yet, punt returner. Being a punt returner is one of the scariest things I think on the football. It's field. the worst job. You have to look up. Yes. Hope that judge for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Where everyone is in front of you, and yeah, gunners are running full speed at you to light you up, right? And all you can do is wave your hands to incredible. protect yourself. Maybe it was an incredible game, oh, incredible play, but that is only the cherry on top of what was a complete performance. <sighs> Contrast that with what Baylor did against Duke. We've talked basically since the magazine came out, about how the Duke game was the turn game. If they beat Duke, you feel like they got a great shot to make a bowl, and if they don't beat Duke, then they don't. And I couldn't help but shake that Baylor got outcoached, and that Baylor viewed that game more like a non-conference game that's just another game. Mm -hmm. I feel like they didn't, like, they got super conservative, and that was something that I, I, I feel like that was an opportunity missed. And thought number three, don't leap. There are some teams that are a bit surprising in their records right now. Um, so this don't leap means two things. One, don't jump off a building. Don't do that. Never do that. Never do that. But two, don't jump to conclusions about your team if they're struggling at 0-3. Mesquite Horn, for example, is 0-3. Uh, according to our rankings, they have the uh, highest strength of schedule in the state. Smithson Valley is 0-2. They have the... Seventh highest strength of schedule. Um, there's just there's going to be a note. Uh, it, I think it's easy to forget because three games does seem like a lot. It seems mm-hmm. like we're like oh we're like a full month into the season, right? Right. There's no need. I don't think we have enough data to draw grand conclusions yet. Sure. So, especially with some of the games affected by weather, take your time. Don't leap. Those are my three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Marion quarterback Taylor Mills. 21-29, 361 yards, and three touchdowns through the air. Added 100 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Marion quarterback Taylor Mills gets a helmet sticker. So does Texas Tech quarterback Alan Bowman. 43-59, of 59, 605 yards, Ooh. five touchdowns through the air. He has now thrown eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. I tweeted this this morning. He threw. He was fifty-three of uh, forty-three of fifty-nine. Okay. Houston, and these are not perfect statistics, but Houston was credited with eight pass breakups. Mm-hmm. Okay, which means that he only missed yeah. on eight of fifty-nine passes. That's stupid for a freshman. <laughs> Cliff grows these guys on trees, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> and this is the point where Max Thompson gloats because he's been he has been driving the Allen Bowman train. I'll look. I've been yeah. a I've been a Bowman stan, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but even I am stunned <laughs> at the amount of don't give a you know what that kid has. Dude's. I mean, he's got insane confidence, and he's uh, I don't know. I mean, he also has like a T Rex motion, like a little chicken wing throw, mm-hmm. but it yeah. works. I mean, he just kind of slings it around, and he's, he's fun, man. You're exactly right. He's a guy who thinks that he can make every throw. Yeah. And guess what? He's can. right. <laughs> like, there's 
you know what it reminds me of? Yeah. He doesn't have as strong an arm, but Pat Mahomes. Oh, Pat yeah. Mahomes is that same way. Oh, yeah. That he was like, I can make that throw. I mean, speaking yeah. of NFL, you saw him this weekend. You were yeah. like, oh, that's the guy we saw at Tech. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that same confidence we saw at Tech. And a helmet sticker for Arlington Bowie quarterback Malcolm Mace. 470 yards and four touchdowns passing. That's a pretty nice day at the office for Arlington, quarter, Arlington Bowie quarterback Malcolm Mace. Three teams to watch. Hey, how about the Cisco Lobos? Remember them? Uh, they are 2-0. Uh, they get a big win uh, over Breckenridge on the road. Big win for them, 34-13. Keep an eye uh, on, on the Lobos. They are uh, looking very good right now. They've outscored their opponents 90-20 uh, to 20 so far. Texas Wesleyan. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Texas Wesleyan football team is in the win column. They get a win over Texas College. It is the first it is their first victory since oh Jesus, what 1941? 1941. November right? 7th, yeah. 1941. Uh, 77 years. Congratulations to them. 27 uh, or they got the 36-7 win over Texas College at Farrington Field. We, uh, Congratulations to them. Corey Hogue emailed me about that over the weekend, our small school expert. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, I can't. I'm having trouble picking the team of the week in the small school ranks. Is it Wesleyan for their first win since 1941? Or is it incarnate word for how much how much of a beatdown they delivered to uh, Stephen F. Austin? I said, always go with the bigger team with the uh, more surprising result. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we take anything from away from Wesleyan. Certainly not. Yeah. That's a big, big win. Congratulations to them. Um, three teams to watch. Uh, or I'm sorry, the other one, finally. Yeah. New schools. Conroe Grand Oaks is 2-1 and one in their first varsity season. Alvin Shadow Creek is 3-0. and oh. yeah. The Sharks are on the rise. Uh, it's been a big, big year for, uh, for, new, for new schools. Katie Paytow, 2-1, Ka- I think. Katie right? Paytow, I believe, is 2-1. Yeah. Uh, things are looking up for a lot of these teams. Um, that's, that's fun. I'm, I'm glad that these new schools are, are seeing some early success. That always makes things fun. Bridgeland's two and one. Yeah, got to shout out the Bears. Yeah, Bridgeland's two and one. They were one of our teams to watch last week. Mm-hmm. Three teams to worry about. Ennis is now zero two, and um, uh, they they lost. The, that's two losses. Look, the the first game um, to Waxahachie rivalry game. First game out of the shoe. Bigger school. That's fine. Bigger school. Whatever. Kaufman though, they're playing their first five game as a five A team and. I don't want to take anything from Kaufman. We're about to talk about them in a minute. Spoiler alert. But that's that's to get beat like that is not very Ennis like. I think it's early. That's a whole new system. I think it's just going to take time. Yeah. Unfortunately, forty this North forty this weekend. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so not going to get any easier. They're going to have to score right. a lot of points, and that hasn't been uh, their forte so far. Um, Houston. Um. For a team, and I, 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 I reached out, I was crunching some numbers, doing a little bit of back-of-the-envelope math, and I fact-checked this with a friend of the show, uh, Bill Connolly at SB Nation, because <laughs> he's my football robot leader. I asked him, am I missing something, or is Houston's Havoc rate pretty bad for a, defensive, for a team with the best defensive player in the country? And his reply was, yeah, minimal disruption, minimal anything good, pretty inexcusable. They are, the way that you measure havoc rate is tackles for loss plus sacks plus forced fumbles plus pass breakups. Basically, I kind of look at it as like anything proactive the defense does. Yes, anything proactive. And the bottom line is they are not getting any pressure. Um, By the way, uh, he was, uh, Alan Bowen was sacked one time. Now, I know Ed Oliver was coming in and out with cramps. Sure. He was sacked one time. He was hurried zero times. Mm. Zero times. 
he had all day to throw. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is that this Houston defense gave up six, gave up 700 yards. That's not going to cut it. And I know they've got the best player in the country, but it's got to be up to the, those other 10 guys. And I think that Houston defense is officially a liability. I mean, when you, when you look at a uh, similar to a couple of years ago with South Carolina and Jadavian Clowney, mm-hmm. it's like if you know you can take out one guy and the rest can't get it done without that, mm-hmm. oh, you can, you can send three bodies at him. And Navasota. Oh. 0-3. Lost to Brian Rutter. Things are not going good for Navasota right now. That's uh, it's tough. So, good a question. Three. Good question. Just off that. Yeah. How, I know you don't know this off the top of your head. Can you think of any zero and three teams uh, who have gone on to win a state championship? No. the The one that always springs to mind was was it North Shore? Yeah, but they were one and one, three. They were one and one three. One and three in the first few games. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I would need to look that up. That's I'm good. sure someone has. There's just too many freaking. Yeah championship winners to, to sure. not to for it not to happen, happen. yeah uh john velo down at comfort asked that but I, it, it's kind of it's a really good from, question from and, you know uh, what i'm gonna do some i'm gonna do some research and i'll come up with yeah that. okay so Sounds uh good. that is monday morning fallout we are texas football today we're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com talking football on the lone star state you can follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbells follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbells and of course see us at texasfootball.com one of the big winners this weekend the Dublin Lions moving to 3 and 0 for the first time since 1999 with a big win, upset win over state ranked Dillion. It was homecoming in Dublin and it was a very happy homecoming. A little bit earlier we caught up with their head coach Bob Cervetto in his 8th year there with the Lions. Pretty fired up as you can hear. Here's our conversation with Dublin coach Bob Cervetto here on Texas Football today. Let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline where we are joined by the head coach of the 3 and 0 Dublin Lions. Is Coach Bob Cervetto. Coach, uh, congratulations on a big win over Dillion on Friday night. Well, thank you very much. Kids played really, really hard. It was, uh, and and you know you were up against a very good Dillion team, but you guys are off to your first three and zero start since nineteen ninety nine. Uh, this is on the heels of a of a. You've already doubled your, or you know, you've already matched your win total from last year. Uh, what is the difference maybe in this year's team? What what have you seen that, that's really uh, sparking this squad? Well, we probably have a little more maturity. Uh, a lot of those kids were on the team last year. and You know, we're about three plays away from coming in third place in that district last year. Uh, we had tied Toler. Uh, right at the end of the game, went for two, got it. Tied him up 20-28. Had the ball four seconds to go. And fourth down, we you know, the snappers snapped it over the punter's head, went in zone for safety. We lose it 30 to 28. And the next week we play Coleman. Uh, Coleman, pretty good team. And, and, uh, lose 28 to 20. And we've got a 50 yard touchdown close back, uh, right up the middle. I mean, it's almost biblical. And, uh, you know, it is just one of those things that just, that ball didn't bounce just right. And, but the kids had fought. And we, we've, uh, on purpose had a real difficult schedule. Mm-hmm. Last two years, along with a difficult uh, district schedule, so we knew we had to learn to play with the guys. So that way, uh, when we get into games like we had Friday night, we try not to be too phased about having a team that's a mm-hmm. top ten or top twenty team. Well, it's back to back weeks. You guys have come out with big wins uh, at home over ranked teams. The week before, it was Albany, who's a perennial power as well. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned how last year you guys were you, you felt like you were really close that that you're one or you know one yeah, or two sure. plays away in each game. Is there is there a way you can teach 
uh, your team to, to finish, or is it just something that kind of ha- has to naturally come? Well, you know, Greg, you're still here. You know, when we took the job eight years ago, you know, we, you know, we thought, this isn't about, you know, winning a football game. This is about changing culture. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of the mantra that we've been staying with and, you know, getting in the community and meeting, meeting parents, you know, our Hispanic parents and getting them to buy in with us and, you know, just trying to change everything. And, you know, this last year, from the administration and, Built a new track, did some things with our facilities, baseball. You know, got three gyms on campus, provide opportunities for our kids to be successful. In terms, they've been walking better in general, boys and girls. And, and even though it's not a good system, we scored an A, you know, on the report card that came out from the state of Texas. We scored a 94%, which put us in the 16% of the state of Texas that received A's. So everything's kind of going hand in hand with with how our kids are being, and, and I think they're they're learning to to work a little harder in some areas that's really giving them a chance to be successful. And it's just kind of bleeding over to everything we're doing. We're talking with Bob Cervetta, the head coach of the Dublin Lions here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, there's so much to talk about with your squad. Uh, I definitely want to talk about your offense here in a minute, but to me, one of the big reasons you guys are, are, are playing the, well you, the, the way you are uh, is your defense. Your defense is significantly improved over last year. Uh, you know, you're giving up just 23 points a game, which maybe sounds like a lot to folks, but at the same time, considering the opposition you've gone up against and considering the fact that that's down from almost 38 points a game last year, what do you think has been sure. the difference defensively for you guys that has you guys out to the start? Well, we had a really good off season and we had a really good summer conditioning. Uh, you know, by the end of summer conditioning, we started off you know, running 10-10s, and then we ran 15-15s, and then we ran 20-20s. You know, and by the time the week before school, uh, before two days started, I mean, we were running 50-50s. Mm. And our kids are able to run, and they're conditioned well. And you can tell the kids that came every day were religious. Uh, you know, our defense has just gotten so much quicker, plus the ability to have a new track. You know, our track was located across town, and hard to get kids to be involved and run, and now with the track on campus, you know, kids are coming out and they're seeing results, you know, about running where in the past they, you know, running is just one of those things. You know, you either like it or you don't like it. And, and we're trying to get some kids to like it. Uh, but we're a little bit quicker on defense, which enables us to do a few more things. Uh, of course, there is the offense and um, maybe the quarterback with the single best name in the state. Cy Wing, the quarterback for your Lions, has been dazzling as a junior. I know this is a kid who played a lot of defense really last year. Um, for those who may not be familiar with this young man, what can you tell us about him? Well, Kai's a, Kai's a, a neat kid. He, he's never, you know, he's the kind of quarterback you want because he's never too high over the highs, never too low over the lows. You can't tell whether he just threw a 70-yard touchdown pass or throw an interception, then ran his butt down there and missed a tackle at the goal line. So, I mean, he's he's that type of guy that, that you really want back there because the rest of the kids stay pretty steady with him. So he's a tremendous leader and uh, does a really good job. 
the you know the other side that that I think stands out to me is it, it boy it seems like your offensive line's playing their tail off right now. We don't talk enough about the big hog mollies up front. Um, did you have a feeling that your offensive line would be this good, or is this a, a little bit of a surprise so far? Well, you know, it's really been kind of a surprise. That was kind of our concern going into the season. We, we knew we'd have some skill kids, but we didn't know how our offense and defensive lines would be. And, uh, you know, we've got enough kids where we're really not having to do – we're able to do platoon our offense and defensive lines. And our offensive line has really, really started to gel. Mm-hmm. And so that's really been a, a fun thing for us because, you know, they can move, they can, they can get where they got to get. And, and so that's been the – a real surprise to us and really excited to see how they've responded. Uh, we're talking with Bob Servetta, the head coach of the Dublin Lions here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation hashtag uh, TF Today. All right, Coach, so next up on the horizon, a trip to Brady uh, to take on the Bulldogs. Uh, I am not. I know you're already starting game prep. Not going to ask you to give away your game plan, uh, but when you look <laughs> ahead you look ahead to Friday night, what are you up against uh, against this, this Brady squad? We're up against ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I told the kids just to go in the weight room. You know, I said, you know, all year long, every time we we get ready to play, uh, you know, we got ready to play high school. I said, this is the most important game of the year because it's the next one. I know their coaches' cliches, but you get looking past somebody and you get your butt beat. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, this morning I told him, I said, you know, this, is, this, this game's really going to test us. And I said, the reason for that is there's going to be a lot of people that at school going to slap you on the back telling you, you know how great you are and what kind of job you've done. It's still zero zero in district. Mm-hmm. And our 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 saying every day is, Hey, we've got a big sign in the weight room that says you gotta get better every day. And I said, We're not playing the Brady Bulldogs, we're playing the Dublin Lions and we gotta see if we're gonna be better at the end of Friday night after the game with Brady than we were at the game with uh with uh, Delion. I said, That's what we can control. We control ourselves. We can't control what Brady does. We take care of what the double lines can do. Said, let everything else take care of itself. And so far, we're staying with that. And, you know, we've improved every Friday night, and that's, that's been a really big key, I think. You nobody likes to look ahead, so I'm of course going to ask you to look ahead um, at the. Uh, but, but specifically, you know, realignments come and gone, and you guys are are dropped into a district. Uh, Comanche, Toller, Jacksboro. It's a it's a tough, deep district that's going to test you. Um, when you look at what you're up against down the road in District Six Three A Division Two, uh, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Well, you know, when when Real Lemon came out, people said, "Oh." Man, you must like it, you know. You don't have Cisco and Eastland. Mm. And I said, well, evidently you didn't pay attention very well because <laughs> the Comanche Ball Club, it goes four rounds deep. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at the game when uh, when Jacksboro got beat by New Diana, mm-hmm. and it was on a last-second pass play. You know, so they're three rounds deep, almost going four rounds deep. A taller squad has got a tremendous coaching staff, know them real well. Uh, Daddy Keith is on the staff with Coach Mullins. And I said, you know, those guys go two rounds deep. I said, you know, we got our work cut out for us. And, uh, you know, Millsap's improving like a son of God. Rio Vista, mm-hmm. Jeff doing a good job over there trying to get them up. Mm-hmm. You know, we still got to come out and play. And uh, those, you know, knowing our neighboring district, and you've got, you know, on one pole, you got Gunner mm-hmm. and Holiday, number one and number two. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at that thing and you say, man, you come in three and four in our district, you know, you got your work cut out and you got to play. So you got to get ready to play. Those top ball clubs of Poland, and and I'm not taking anything away from Millsap, because mm-hmm. you got to get Poland, you got to get Jaguar, you got to get Comanche, because you want to be one or two in that by district round. So we know that, but 
you know, like we try not to mention that to the kids, but they're pretty smart. But we're just trying to stay with one game at a time because that Polar game, October twelfth, mm-hmm. is going to be really, really big. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be a huge one. Um, yeah, because that one will set the tone for the rest of the district. You yeah. bet. You're exactly right, and uh, Coach, uh, I want to ask you one more thing. You know, you mentioned you know you're in your your eighth year here at, at Dublin. Uh, you took over <laughs> you took over back in 2011. Uh, inherited an 0 and 10 team, hadn't won a playoff game since 1964. Um, I know you. I know you're not the kind of person to to sit around and think about. Uh, you know what, the past and, and the things you've accomplished, but is there a sense of pride uh, in in kind of the way that this program has progressed uh, since you took it over in 2011? Well, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, this is really neat where we all know walk out the door from the weight room, and I, you know, I see our weight room that got refurbished, see our locker rooms we had to get changed because we didn't have enough lockers for kids, and I see the track. You know, I mean, there's times I pinch myself and say, wow. I never thought this would be like this. Uh, I got a great administration. They see the vision of of trying to do what's best for our kids, and in turn, our kids are responding, and they understand they're not entitled to this stuff. The teams prior to them had to work their butt off, and because these kids are working diligently, there's people in the community that says, "Yes, let's do this," and so they're seeing, you know, they're reaping the rewards of what previous teams have done, girls and guys. And, uh, you know, there is that sense of satisfaction, but, you know, until the day I retire and go sit with a fishing pole out in the back and really look back, <laughs> I mean, you know, you just, just kind of looking ahead saying, you know, here we go, next one up on the list. But uh, the kids and the community have responded so well, and it's, it's kind of given life back into the community and a lot of buzz going on just in the town itself, and that makes it nice. So, uh you know, I had, a, I had an old gentleman come up to me about two years ago at a convenience store, and he had his coveralls on. He said, Coach, I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, I just want to tell you, he said, that's nothing to do with football. I said, yes, sir. He goes, but people sure are smiling a little bit more. <laughs> you know, I walked out kind of chuckling, but I thought, isn't that cool? You know, that everybody, you know, given, because when you get in this profession, any coach will tell you that, you know, we're just trying to give kids hope. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get into the community and they see that there's hope and kids are doing well, the community starts responding and they're doing things well, then things get to be moving a little bit faster forward. So that really is kind of cool. It's a good time to be in Dublin, Texas right now with the 3-0 and <laughs> Dublin Lions and their coach, Bob Cervetto. Make sure you see them Friday night when they take on Brady at Bulldog Stadium. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations on the great win on Friday night and your hot start, and best of luck Friday night and down the road. Well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, buddy. There he is, Bob Cervetto, the head coach of the Dublin Lions. Off to a hot start. Big game this week against Brady, and then it's right into the teeth of a very tough district. Play, but we are excited to see them at 3-0, buzzing around Dublin, Texas, and it's not just the Dr. Pepper. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter and DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, 
is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas every Monday at noon. That's today and now. TexasFootball.com, that's this website, will announce 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting closes each Friday at noon. The uh, winner announced on this very show shortly thereafter. Another great crop of candidates. The week three Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Haltum quarterback Michael Black, 335 yards and five touchdowns passing, 173 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. That's all he did for the Buffalo. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hallsville running back and defensive back Tristan Diggers ran for 111 yards and three touchdowns. Driggers. Driggers. I did, I'm I did sorry. this over the weekend too. It's not, Don't worry. It's not Diggers. Tristan Driggers. I believe so. Okay. I'm, Tristan Driggers so. of Hallsville. He knows who he yeah. is. 111 yards and three touchdowns rushing, a touchdown receiving, a punt return for a touchdown. He also had five tackles and an interception. That's a complete game. Yeah. Cuero tight end, defensive end, Trey Moore. Ten tackles, three tackles for loss, and an interception return for a touchdown. Obviously a little bit of context in that one, too. But Trey Moore up for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award. Fort Worth South Hills running back Anthony Watkins runs for 509 yards and nine touchdowns for the Scorpions. That's a Mizzou commit. Oh, calm down. Goliad wide receiver Dontavian Clay. Matt Stepp would not shut up about this kid. Yeah. Four catches, 171 yards, and three touchdowns, and he had an interception. El Paso America's running back Aaron Dumas, 351 yards and four touchdowns on the ground for the Trailblazers star. South Garland running back Jaquarian Turner ran for 196 yards and seven scores in their romp. Victoria West running back Tyvon Hardick ran for 326 yards and five scores. Dublin wide receiver Jacob Stanley, eight catches, 225 yards and three scores. Big show for Dublin today. And finally, Fort Bend Travis wide receiver R.J. Henderson caught eight passes for 209 yards and five scores. Those are your 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Haltom quarterback Michael Black, Hallsville running back and defensive back Tristan Driggers, Cuero tight end defensive end Trey Moore, Fort Worth South Hills running back Anthony Watkins, Goliad wide receiver Dontavian Clay, El Paso America's running back Aaron Dumas, South Garland running back Jaquarian Turner, Victoria West running back Tyvon Hardick, uh, Dublin wide receiver Jacob Stanley, and Fort Bend Travis wide receiver R.J. Henderson. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with the U.S. Army, is proud to honor one school from each public school classification with the Army Value School of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the seven Army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. The Week 3 Army Values School of the Week Award winners. In 6A... San Antonio Madison, the Mavericks, jumped out to a 10-0 first quarter lead and rode a sensational defensive effort to an upset win over Smithson Valley, 17-14. In 5A, Amarillo, the Sandys soared to 3-0 on the season with a 28-0 takedown of Wichita Falls Rider, forcing four turnovers and posting its first shutout in more than two years. In 4A, Paris, fueled by a furious running game and a defense that made key stops at the key moments, the Wildcats stunned state-ranked Gilmer on the road, 27-21. In 3A, Newton, in a matchup of perennial Golden Triangle powers, it was the 3A Eagles who got the better of the 4A West Orange Stark, using tremendous defensive speed to take down the Mustangs, 21-7. In 2A, Wink, the Wildcats took the lead on Kanon Baker's 
18-yard touchdown run, his third of the game, with 238 to play, and then stopped Coahoma's would-be game-winning two-point conversion in the final minute to take home a thrilling 40-39 win. And in 1A, Covington. The Owls are flying high after a 46-0 mercy rule win over Oglesby, improving to 3-0 and for the first time since 1994. So those are your Army Values school of the, Schools of the Week in 6A San Antonio Madison, in 5A Amarillo, in 4A Paris, in 3A Newton, in 2A Wink, and in 1A Covington. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com slash school of the week. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is your source for all things high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. A lot of good stuff up at TexasFootball.com, including the new rankings are up. So go ahead and see those and then yell at us. And I don't know, a lot of other stuff, including... Way too much stuff. Including this... There's a column up on TexasFootball.com from alleged college football insider, Shayon J. Raja. He joins us now. What's your deal? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what did I do? I'm kidding. Welcome to Texas Football Today. Um, it's, this show is like this all the time. We're super aggressive with guests. Oh, wow. We don't like change. Uh, Shayon is here. We're going to run through the college football power poll. You spent your weekend watching way too much college football. Way too much. As we all did. Yes. Uh, but you have had the courage. You have the courage to put out a ranking of the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. 12 through 1. Uh, we're going to start at 12. Okay. move up to 1. Okay. So let's right. start with number 12, which is? UTEP. UTEP. Not surprising. Not, unfortunately, when you lose 15 straight games, that's just the deal. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, UTEP showed some signs defensively against mm-hmm. Tennessee, which maybe that's just bad Tennessee offense, but they lose 24-0. to It's not really that close. Kyle Oxley just looked terrible. Uh, I mean, he really just can't throw the ball. Um, but, yeah, UTEP sits at number 12. Don't really see them moving maybe at all this season. I don't see – yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Like, Tennessee fans are actually, like – kind of panicking right now they should be because but at but at the same time like basically the only thing that didn't look good for tennessee was the scoreboard right which is kind of important right but like all the other all the other things were like they had like 500 total yards and like they held utep to like seven yards or something like that it was a total and complete domination but basically they couldn't finish drives right and and it's uh it's it's ugly out there in El Paso. You hope that Dana Dimmel can turn it around here pretty soon. That's number twelve. Number eleven is the Texas State Bobcats. The Texas State Bobcats. Sorry ish, <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm just coughing it up like Texas State. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. very. They very did rude. though, right? Yeah, like ah, oh, I was so fired up. They jump out to this lead against South Alabama. I'm like, yeah. man. They Figured it out. Right. And then basically Willie Jones got hurt. Right. Willie Jones gets hurt. He comes back later in the game. But Tyler Vitt's already thrown a pick six. Mm-hmm. It's just they can't get anything going after that. Jones doesn't look quite right right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they go out, lose. They give up 25 straight points in the in the third and fourth quarter. And that was just mm-hmm. the ball game. I mean, they had this game in the bag. And unfortunately, again, that's the issue with Texas State right now is if they're not going to beat teams that they're up on, who do they beat? Right. They can't finish. That's, that's the problem is that, like – that seems to be the thing, and, and and you hate to say this about Everett Withers, but this is a guy now in his third year. This should be better. It, it should be better than it looks right now. Definitely. And it's just it's disappointing right now. So they come in at number 11. 
on the power pole. Number 10 is? UTSA. Oh. Yeah, UTSA, they play uh, three Power 5 teams, obviously, in their non-conference. They kind of get bodied by all three of them. Uh, I mean, their real only decent performance was last week against Baylor, but this week against Kansas State, they go down, I want to say it was 41-9. to I, I think they score a late touchdown um, to make it 41-17, but it, it was never really close. They didn't look like they deserved to be on the same field. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. Maybe Frank Wilson kind of missed his chance to have a really good UTSA team, um, you know, after last year, but... Mm. Yeah. They don't look very good, and and again, it's with all these teams at the bottom, you just say, where did the wins come? Right, and my concern now, now I am I have a little bit more hope for them, yeah. than I do for the other two, and I'm glad definitely, they're at definitely. ten because they feel like the team that is most likely to figure it out, right? Of this, of this, of this kind of bottom three, and I'll probably lump in bottom four. We'll talk about them in a moment, yes, but yes. Um, they seem most likely to figure it out. And they, you could say they have the built-in excuse of, oh, well, they've played three Power 5 teams. For right? sure, for sure. And, and being 0-3 is and not four, by the way. They're about to play Baylor. No, they, they played. They played Baylor last week, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I am very drunk. No, <laughs> no problem, no problem. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, and, and UTSA, I actually do like what they've done in the rushing game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, BJ Rhodes, or sorry, Jalen Rhodes... Mm-hmm. BJ, I can't Daniels. Daniels, there we yeah. go, there we go. Oof. But, um, you know, Long they're two time. running backs. I think that they are both really talented. They showed a lot of signs to me against Power 5 opponents. Uh, their quarterback situation is not very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Cordell Grundy hasn't been very good so far. Now, again, he came from, what, Northwestern A&M mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, um, and he's never played this level of competition before. It's showed so far. He's going to mm-hmm. go and get to play a couple of teams that maybe aren't as talented as these Power 5 teams, obviously. Right. Maybe he'll be able to figure things out. Defensively, they've showed some signs, mm-hmm. um, you know, not enough, maybe, mm-hmm. but they've showed some signs. And look, Arizona State is really good. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they came out and beat them week one, and Arizona State's looked very good so far. You know, Baylor's been less impressive, but they hung around in that game. Kansas State, they're on the road. It's a tough place to play. There's no reason to panic right now for UTSA fans. Definitely not, because they have a lot of time to figure things out. But it's 0-3, and, and they haven't really been competitive in all three games. They're number 10. Number 9 is the Rice Owls. Hoot, hoot. They were obviously off this week, so they get a little bit of an advantage Beat from the tar that. out of bye, though. They were. That was a <laughs> dominant effort over bye. But, you know, through the first three weeks of the season, they're they're only one and two, but they put up a good performance against Hawaii. You mm-hmm. know, and Hawaii has been killing people at home. You know, that, that's the big thing is that you have to go to Hawaii. That's such a tough trip. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. hard to, to get up for a game that's in Hawaii. Um, you know, they obviously go and give Houston quite a scare. Mm-hmm. And Houston's looked pretty good since then, and we'll get to them later, obviously. But... They put up quite a scare on Houston. They can't quite finish the deal, but again, this is Mike Bloomgren's first year. I think that they've looked pretty good so far. Um, you know, honestly, their worst game to me was that Prairie View A and M game that they ended yeah. up winning. You know, yeah. that was kind of their worst performance. Yeah, they've got they've got one bad win and two good losses. Right, right, and you know, again, this is year one. Mm-hmm. They're they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to have arrived as yet. Mm-hmm. They lost a lot of talented grad fans for Calvin Anderson, obviously being a very notable one. They're still building up their talent. They're still building up their team, and they're trying to do something completely different than what they did before. But I like what I've seen so far. I think that their quarterback, Sean Stankovich, has been really good for them so far. Uh, Emmanuel Asuka, he's been very good for them. I I think that they have some promising signs, and right now I think they're ahead of the other three. I think that's probably true, and and I feel like that's the team that – is, tr- is is it's most clear to see the trend line moving up. So Definitely. They're number nine. Number eight on your list is... The SMU Mustangs. The 0-3 SMU Mustangs. The 0-3 SMU Mustangs. That's correct. So they're here basically because they change quarterbacks. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, because they didn't get murdered by Michigan. Yeah. Which, why? Why didn't they? After, after the first two weeks of the season, I mean, again, I think we had them number 11 last week mm-hmm. because they just got absolutely killed by UNT and then got killed again by TCU in the second half. But against Michigan, like you said, once they switch quarterbacks, uh, they go down, score two drives, really at the half even. I mean, it's, it's a Ben Hicks pick six away from being 14-7 at the half in the big house at Michigan mm-hmm. against one of the best defenses in college football, of course. So they're starting to show some life. That, mm-hmm. That's a big thing. They're starting to show some life. They do it against a really good opponent in a really tough environment. And right now that's enough. Again, this is year one under Sunny Dykes. We've been talking about, you know, they could win one or two games if they don't get things together. They showed some signs that maybe say, okay, maybe they're just bad and not horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a sign of improvement, unfortunately, in, in with the state of Texas being what it is right now at the bottom. It's it's not very good. Um, they can't put Ben Hicks back in there, right? No, no. It's got to be William Brown. It has to be. I mean... Obviously, I think SMU's line hasn't done a great job of blocking for, for Ben Hicks, but the issue is he doesn't deal with that well. Mm-hmm. Once he has any level of pressure, he just collapses. Yep. And, and obviously, again, he had a pick six at the end of the, the first half there that really shut the door on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Brown is a little bit more of a dual threat. He's, he's still a work in progress. He's still a work in progress, especially throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. But he's a dual threat quarterback. He showed some signs, and I think that just the ability to to make some things happen with your feet really can be an advantage when your line can't necessarily block consistently. Mm-hmm. And again, the offense just looked better in the second it half. Did. It just looked better, noticeably better, right? And unfortunately, I mean, again, Ben Hicks has started a lot of games in a row, but maybe his time has passed. Yeah, it may be. Number seven on your list is the Baylor Bears. Woof. <laughs> I was at, I I we talked before the show. Right, right, right. I can't help but feel like they got out coached in that game. This was the first game for me where I felt like the coaching staff didn't do what they were supposed to do yeah. because before it's been execution and there was definitely execution issues in this game, sure. but they just didn't seem prepared. I they have to pick a quarterback. They just have to pick mm-hmm. an offensive direction. That's what it comes down to is that these are two different quarterbacks who do two different things who are both very dependent on rhythm too. Just both of them. And and quarterbacks typically are, but especially Charlie Brewer. You know, he mm-hmm. has to he has to be throwing the ball, he has to get in a rhythm. You saw that happen, especially week one of the season against ACU that he couldn't mm-hmm. get in a rhythm. They have to pick. They they just have to decide what they want to do defensively. I mean, yeah, they they made some terrible play calls, and it's not all on the players this week. And and yeah, typically it's execution. And and this week again, it was like we talked about earlier. It was a repeat of last year's game. It was just giving up big plays. It was making dumb mistakes, and eventually that cost them the football game. It, it really was, and, and it's disappointing because and I know I sound like a broken record. But it really did seem like this was the turn game for this season. Right. That if things were going to go from already, let's let's stop and, and and talk about the fact that Baylor is obviously better than they were last year. Of course, that's not up for debate. But the difference between going from bad to like not so bad, right? To like the difference between that transition and going from bad to being like solid. You know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. Was probably this game. And now, like, if you're going to get to a bowl, you're going to have to steal one now. Right. Well, and and that was already the case, right? Because yeah. if they started four and zero, then okay, you look down the schedule. Tech, I, I mean, Tech's look very good. We'll get to them in a minute, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe Tech's a winnable game. Maybe you still want to get Oklahoma State or TCU mm-hmm. or Kansas State. You know, there's some opportunities there where you you think you can steal two. Mm-hmm. Stealing 
three is too much ask. Yeah, it's too much to ask. And two's a lot in the first Mm -hmm. place. You know, I kind of had them at five and seven before the year, but I also thought that it hinged on this game whether they would have a chance to go bowling. And right now, it's real hard to see. Yeah, they just look discombobulated. And, And and it's not just that the schedule gets tough; it's that they don't look like a bowl team right now. Yeah. And by the way. Kansas is suddenly not the pushover that we thought it was. They'll, <laughs> what was pro- it? they'll probably win, but yeah. like... Yeah. What was it? 55-17, to 17, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, 55 points. I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's the go-to stat. Kansas is 2-0 and since Puka Williams, a running back, was inserted into the starting lineup. So, uh, just let's watch out. That's a trend line. <laughs> it's Shayan J. Raja, our college football insider here on Texas Football Today. I, I want to jump in really quickly, yeah. just because uh, I believe I owe Alicia Hogue uh, a dig on this one. 55-17 to 17 in Kansas, really? <laughs> Rutgers, man, really? You're a jerk. You're, you're expecting me to be nice about Rutgers, and you can't beat Kansas. You're a jerk. The punchline of this show is Kansas. I agree. That Always. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Alicia, what are you doing? Shayan Jerry Roger joins us going through the power poll. We're at number six, the top half, and we start with a team that I have very mixed feelings about. Number six, the Houston Cougars. Hard to get a read on this team. Yeah, I mean, they go last weekend, and Arizona's probably not very good. I mean, they're probably... I think probably, we're starting to realize they're not. Right. But they killed them last week. They obviously do take care of business in the second half against Rice in week one. The offense seemed to be finding a rhythm uh, in the last two weeks. And it, I guess it really wasn't the offense, to be fair, against, mm-hmm. against Texas Tech. And I think the final was 63-49. to 49. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were able to stop the run, which isn't a huge surprise when you have Ed Oliver in the lineup. But, man, oh, man... I, I don't want to give away what Alan Bowman did because we'll get to Texas Tech mm. in just a minute, but to give up the kind of game to Texas Tech that they did, because Texas Tech, I mean, they're still starting a, a true freshman mm-hmm. quarterback who was playing at Grapevine High School last year, yeah. and for him to just go out and absolutely torture secondary, I mean, that's you can't have that happen. It's a bad look. It's a real bad look for Houston, and like on one hand, you get super excited about this offense because the offense does continue to look really good and really fun, and De'Ara King is really solid. The receiving core is really coming together. Yeah. I like this team a lot offensively, but the defense, despite having the best defensive player in the country, they can't stop anyone and they can't make plays. And that's their like the Houston defenses of old, like say what you want, maybe they were maybe they gave up yards, but they made plays. Right. And this this defense doesn't. And, and the thing is if if this game ends in a Texas Tech win. Texas Tech winning isn't necessarily the thing that's an issue, right? No. It's the way that it happened. It's that they were able to come in and just absolutely have their way offensively. And we talk about all the time that Cliff Kingsbury is one of the best offensive minds in all of football. Mm-hmm. But 63 points, I mean, that's that's unacceptable. That, that's just what it comes down to. It's unacceptable. 700 yards, too. It's just a bad Ooh. luck for Houston. They're number six. Number five on this list is... The Texas Longhorns. Uh, you mean... Wait, I'm sorry. The only team in the state with a win over a ranked team? I suppose USC is technically a ranked opponent. I guess that's true. Uh, they're also the only team with the transitive loss to Temple. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> now, but here's the thing. We're joking. But I'll tell you, man. Yeah. I come away from that game, and I know Tom Herman caught a lot. This guy uh, caught a <laughs> lot of flack. A lot of flack after that Maryland game. Right. By telling people, guys, we're a lot better. You guys maybe don't see it, but like we're a lot better than you think. Like we're a lot better than than maybe uh, than, than you guys realize, and everyone's like, oh, "Okay, well, he still lost to Maryland." Gosh dang it, he was right. Like they looked the part of a team that's a lot better than they were last year. Yes and no. I think that they, 
they showed a lot of signs, I think, up front, mm -hmm. you know, because that was always the big question is they lose Puna Ford, they lose Malik Jefferson, will their run defense be able to kind of hold up? And USC isn't a great running team. I mean, they showed it last week against Stanford, but to hold them to negative yardage, that's obviously huge. And they were able to force just enough mistakes defensively on JT Daniels that uh, that they were able to hang in the game. And, and again, at the half, it was 16-14, so it was a very competitive game. So that the fact that they shut them out in the second half, that's very impressive. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that they were able to have their way. Um, I still don't know when they play better teams when they play sort of Big 12 title contenders. Like maybe TCU, Like maybe TCU next week, whether defensively they're able to hold up the same way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like we've talked about extensively, they lose Deshaun Elliott, they lose Malik Jefferson, they lose Puna Ford. They don't lose a ton of players, they just lose all their good players on defense. Yeah. All their playmakers. Mm -hmm. And guys are stepping up. Gary Johnson yeah. is a big-time player. Brandon Jones is a big-time player. Chris Boyd hasn't showed it as yet, but we think he can be a mm -hmm. big-time player. Um, they need maybe one or two more of those guys to step up defensively. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's just going to be more of a process than it was last year because they had more ready-made talent on defense last year. On offense, they look more comfortable. I mean, Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey look like legit players. They're able to run the ball, which... Gasp! <laughs> right, right. The University of Texas is able to run the ball, finally. And without Keontae Ingram, which is something. Right, and, yeah, to right. me, like, the reason I'm a lot more bullish on Texas now, um, pardon the pun, but the, the reason I'm a lot more bullish on them is that is that ability to run the ball. Right. Because if they can run the ball and they can stop asking Sam Ellinger to go out there and win every single game for Please. them... They're going to be a lot better team. So, I don't know. I, I, I kept getting that feeling. I'm like, man... I know USC was, I think, overrated. I don't think that's a real hot take. Yeah. They were overrated. But at the same time, that looked like a team that was that, that had made big strides. That was how Yeah, I, yeah. And we'll see, obviously, next week against TC, whether those are real strides or whether that's just USC. Number four on your list is? The Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oh, my God. I don't believe it either. But there have been 10 quarterbacks in the, uh, in, since 2000 to throw for 600 yards in a game. And five of them belong to Texas Tech. Alan <laughs> Bowman, the latest. So Alan Bowman breaks Patrick Mahomes' record. Patrick Mahomes, as a freshman, threw, threw for 598 yards against Baylor. Alan Bowman goes out there, throws for 605, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Again, this is his third college football game, and he's a true freshman. Mm -hmm. I thought that he looked good at the spring game. I was down at the spring game back in April or whatever. I thought he looked good. I thought that it was, hey, he can throw the ball well, he's accurate, but also like he doesn't know the offense and he's a true freshman. But I'll tell you what, ever since that Ole Miss game ended, he's looked impeccable. I mean, now that he's had a week to get ready each week, I mean, he's looked impeccable. Man, some of the throws he's making are great. Now, I know apparently McLean Carter's going to be healthy, Yeah, but there's no way they can go back to him, right? He just got Wally Pipp, didn't he? Right. I mean, I think at minimum, you have to say the quarterback battle is open, and hey, McLean Carter, you can lose your job. Yeah, I got I to gotta tell you, I don't know how they go away from, from Alan Bowman. He was so good. Yeah. Number three on your list. The Texas A&M Aggies. So there's this weird thing going around Aggie Twitter. That like what a weird thing going around Aggie Twitter. That they are not happy with how like that they weren't like dominant enough against Louisiana Monroe. I thought they looked fine. Yeah, I, I, look, they, did they go out there and did they Alabama somebody? No, but I thought they looked fine. Do they remember like 20, uh, 2016 when they played? Who who did they play? They played like UTSA, I think, or something yeah, like that, and, and they won like twenty four to ten or something like mm -hmm. that. Like no, this is a dominant performance now. 
You can say that, hey, you gave up a couple too many big plays. That's true. The but, secondary looked bad. Yeah, I will say that. The secondary didn't look very good. Offensively, they were fine. I mean, Mon didn't throw the ball a whole lot, which is for the best. Uh, Trayvon Williams looked like himself. I had no problem with the way that they played this game. I don't think we learned anything. No. But, um, you know, we'll learn everything we need to know this upcoming week as they go to number one Alabama and play them in Tuscaloosa. But right now, I mean, I, I think that they still look solid. They don't look like a, a top 10 team, mm-hmm. but that was. That's not the expectation. That was never going to be. It, uh, right. That wasn't the expectation. Right. They they weren't supposed to beat uh, ULM fifty five to zero. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, ULM's got a team is a team with a pulse. By the way, you are correct. It was twenty three to ten. Um, they beat um, UTSA in two thousand and sixteen. And by the way, I do want to make sure I mention this. We'll have plenty of coverage of this on Free Money on Thursday. But Texas A and is a twenty seven point dog Whew. at Alabama right now. I don't know how to feel about that. Alabama looks so good. That's <laughs> right. looks so good. They're number three. Number two on this list. TCU. Yeah. I, I mentioned it before, but you can go ahead and say your piece. <laughs> so TCU looked like they deserved to win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they looked like the better team against number four Ohio State for most of the game. It was just a four-minute stretch there in the, thir- in the third quarter where TCU looked like a young team, looked like a team that wasn't ready to compete quite as yet because they gave up 21 straight points and all that were somewhat dubious, you know, not not dubious, that, that makes it sound like it yeah. was a fluke, but, you know, it was all self-inflicted. Let's put yes. it that way. It was all self-inflicted, 21 straight points. So, I mean, again, if, if they don't give up those, I mean, because there was a pick six in there, there was the, the fumbled punt in there that, that, uh, that Ohio State picked up and eventually took in for a touchdown, and then the 63-yard touchdown to Paris Campbell where they just made the wrong read on the mm-hmm. play. Without the 21-point swing, I mean... TCU outplayed them completely mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think that TCU was ready right away to compete with the best teams in the country, but they kind of proved that they are. I thought that they were too young right now. Mm-hmm. But Sean Robinson played by far his best game, even though he had two just critical, well, three really, mm-hmm. critical mistakes, um, you know, two leading to mm-hmm. Ohio State touchdowns. But he looked very good. He looked better than I thought he was going to look. And... The offensive line looked fantastic against that really, really impressive Ohio State defensive line. They looked more complete than I expected. Yeah. And to me, they come away from this, and yes, they lose to, what, the second most talented team in America. Mm-hmm. Well, they look like a legit Big 12 title contender. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I feel like my only disappointment here is that you had an opportunity to jump right into the college football playoff mix, and that's probably gone now. Even yeah. If you, even if you run... I mean, they would have to run the table in the Big 12 yeah. and and probably look good doing it, and the Big 12 would be good for them to get in at this right, point. It's, right. it's a little disappointing, but it's, it depends on where your, your measuring stick was. It's a lot to ask, but the whole point of playing the neutral site game, though, is if you played Ohio State close and you run the table from here, yeah. that's supposed to work in your favor. Exactly. But that's well, a long Well, let's way just away. keep in mind, they're, they're still TCU. They're right. not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Right, that's exactly. also true. The other thing, yeah, well, history has proven that to be the case, sadly. But I will say that what is, um, uh, to, to plug another better podcast than this one, uh, I was listening to a podcast and played Nobody, and they brought up the point. They go, when's the last time you saw a team that was faster than Ohio State? Right, and it's like TCU is decidedly faster. Right, right. They were they, they and they used their speed, and it was it was fun to watch. I just wish they could have come through. Definitely. And finally, the number one <laughs> team in the state of Texas, Shayon J. Raja, the North Texas Mean Green. Do you believe in the Mean Green? I do, I do. Forty-four to seventeen over Arkansas. They start three and zero. They've killed everybody that they've played so far. I mean, they never beat Chad Morris when he was at SMU. Yeah, they go to Arkansas. To Reynolds Stadium and just kick the crap out of them. 
Dude, they they bodied him. Yeah. Like that was that was not close. Yeah. That was a that was a beatdown. And I tweeted it. Show me the loss, man. Look at yeah. that schedule. The 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 splendor of playing in Conference USA West yeah. is that it's Louisiana Tech and you get them at home. And then it's like UTSA and Rice and UTEP. And yeah. like UTSA is normally a bit of a bear trap, but like they're struggling right now. I don't know, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. They're tough games, right? Versus Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss. At home, by the way, on a yeah. Thursday night. Southern Miss is always a test. Mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. All those games are at home. All those games are at home. All of them are at home. They're going to be favored in every game they play. In fact, ESPN's FPI, which we can go through the whatever, whatever yeah. of, you know, is that reliable or not? They gave UNT a 40% chance to win on Saturday. And, and this might have been updated since, since I looked last week. But they had a 60% chance or better to win every other game from here on out. I'm telling you guys, it's, I don't know. Like we, it's, it's very odd because we're very rarely right here at Dave Campbell's Texas <laughs> football. But like all offseason, we were talking about like, guys, North Texas has a chance to be really good. Like if things break... Offense could be really good if the defense can just be a little bit better. And to me, that's the story here. The story is, and now Arkansas has got their own problems. Sure. But, like, the defense was, again, pretty good. That's the thing, right? I I don't think that we're surprised that Mason finds really good. I think we're a little surprised that they're able to run the ball all right. Mm -hmm. But defensively, they've been amazing. I mean, they've really been amazing because – Remember, week one, they held SMU to zero points through three quarters. And that same Michigan, uh, that same SMU team, sorry, scored mm-hmm. 20 points against Michigan. And they weren't as garbage points as they were against UNT. Mm-hmm. This week, they hold Arkansas to 17 points. Do you know how many interceptions Arkansas had? Don't look. I'm not going to. <laughs> Just guess. They played three quarterbacks, by the way. <laughs> Six? Six. Golly. Every quarterback that they put in the game had an interception. Uh, like, Woof. UNT's not supposed to have a good defense. No, that man. wasn't even their thing coming into the year. But they've been dominant on that side of the ball. And look, if they're just a Conference USA good defense that gets up for big games, that could take you really dang far. Hey, Shayon J. Raja. Follow him on Twitter at Shayon J. Raja. Um, S-E-H-E-H-A-N. <laughs> no, J- no. S E. S H S H E H A N J E Y A R A J A H. All right, I'm gonna come up with a much better way of of doing that. Like, is there like a song? <laughs> not, the, not yet. N- not one that's been written. Not yet. Ishan <laughs> J Raja, our college football insider. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. I think it's I think it's the number one segment. I got to be honest. Mm. This is what this is the people getting their voice heard. You mm. know what I mean? Not you gloating in your camera time. Mm. It's a little different. That's all I'm saying. My computer's being slow because it's about to die. But I do want to have a, I do have a few shout outs. Okay. Uh, first off, since we've got Shahan here in the room, Ruben Rios says Republic of Football is awesome. No, hey, thank you. That. There you go. Subscribe to it. It's on your podcast vendor of choice. Yeah. Uh, couple comments about the USC-Texas game. Daniel Agnew, who's become a regular contributor here, says he wanted to give credit where credit's due, Tepper. Good call. You, pick, you, you, you picked. You picked fine. On, and on the same hand, Eric Partita wanted to point out to me that it's okay. Like, I don't have to be scared of Texas all the time. I, I'll be, I'll be here. To, I'm here to tell you I don't trust them. I still don't trust them. Who I don't trust it? any of these damn teams. No, you, no, you, so the one I, that I you, trust North Texas. That's the it. One, the one that you had, it was so funny. It was like last year or the year before. You had like Texas Tech PTSD, 
It's, you were just like you're like I can't watch them. Like they're just gonna I like they're up, just gonna make me mad. I ended up in a situation I think last season or the year, year before where I was just watching a lot of tech games for our for yeah. our staff coverage and they were a very frustrating team. And I will say this: they're all of these teams are frustrating except North Texas right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm you know it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm glad. Uh, look, if all twelve could have won this weekend, that would be good for us. It ain't gonna happen though. It couldn't have happened though. John Neal's back. Comanche's biggest super fan. He's yeah. like, "Hey, pump the brakes on this Dublin talk." Oh, I know. Listen, this, and I think I think uh, Coach Cervetta made it clear in that that the Comanche's Comanche. He knows that Comanche. Well, that's what he said. He goes, yeah. he, "Them Jacksboro, those are really good programs." Well, he was talking yeah. about. He said, "He said, you know, people said, oh, you, you lost Cisco and Eastland. Aren't you happy yeah. about that?'" And he's like, "No, nah, man, we got Comanche and Jacksboro. Yeah. Did you see Comanche last year?" Uh, so yeah, I yeah. would say Comanche's still probably the front runner in that district, but um, but you gotta watch out. Watch out. I know. Just makes a makes a good district even deeper. It is true. And uh you'll you'll never believe this, but uh Brent Omen, Brett Homan, our Graham Steers fan. Mm. Steers down to Buddy. 0 3. 0 and Buddy. 3 for the year. It's not going great. They're they're young. They got it they got yeah. a lot of room to grow, but but he's taking it out on me oh, well, by bringing it. up the Hawkeyes record. That's Ooh. I feel that's a blockable offense. That's low. Look, we have rules on this show. Not many. This that's is low. This is kind of a wide open show, but and I like Brent. To, Brent's, to, Brent's one of my guys. To once, here, ag- but, to uh, once again mentioned, um, podcast ain't played nobody. Yeah, Iowa State is the short guy that you're fighting that you have to fight. Yeah. and it's like you don't want to fight him. You're yeah. going to win, but you right. don't want to fight him. Right. And that was how it was against OU. That was a decent showing against OU. I was fine. I I wasn't expecting by anything way, else out of it. By the way, and we'll t- we'll mention this tomorrow. Uh-huh. But somebody's going to have to talk me out of driving driving up to Norman for Army versus Oklahoma on Saturday. <laughs> It, it, that's easy. Just it's Oklahoma. Yeah, but I love it. Ain't worth it, but man. I love Army football. It ain't worth though. it. That is not worth love it. Army football. Um, Beat Hawaii this week, baby. So here's the other thing about our our comments. Uh, Facebook is doing this thing now where like I can't go back all the way to the beginning of the show Boo. anymore. Um, and I'm annoyed because Jacob John was talking about uh, the big games in the San Antonio area this week, and the only one I saw because I couldn't open the comment up soon enough. Uh, it is Worst Bowl weekend. It is Worst Bowl weekend. Uh, we were at it last year uh, because Tepper made a promise that we couldn't back out on. Uh, Can't do it this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so far uh, down and back in um, one day. But great name. Yes. And and I will say, uh, for two programs that are not necessarily upper echelon, uh, great atmosphere. Uh, Steel and Judson's this week, too. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, that's going to be awesome. Is, yeah. If you haven't been the Worst Bowl, which is uh, New Braunfels versus New Braunfels Canyon, although they want me to say Comal Canyon. Uh, That's true. If you haven't been down there, uh, it's a great game. Even when, like, like last year, New Braunfels was, like, pretty good and yeah. Canyon was struggling, and yeah. it was still a lot of fun. So yeah. get he, out there. He also said Johnson versus Reagan, which is suddenly a lot Johnson more interesting than it was very, maybe three weeks ago. So that's, that's a great pick, too. But uh yeah, that's that's the that's most of it. And uh, and Paul Roberts, whose football opinions we can trust, says, "Hey, new deal, moving on up." And he's yes, right they are. in they the are, rankings. They're playing well right now in the rankings. They cracked the Dave Campbell's well textbook right now. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson, for Shayon J. Raja, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. 